There's another one you don't want to hear. Frankly, neither do I. Hello and welcome to episode 40 of the Power Court Hour. That is right, we are no longer in our dirty 30s. I don't know what clever thing you say when you're in your 40s, but we're getting ready for that midlife crisis here, right here on the Power Court Hour podcast, and I hope you are doing so well out there. As always, I'm your host, Anthony Merchant, here with you, 40 episodes strong, and uh, very. part of me can't believe it, but then at the same time, the radio show uh, last week or actually this week will be episode 211, and uh, it was our 210th episode last week. So it's like I have these I have these kind of like parallel things going where like I hit these little milestones of the radio show where I go like, holy shit, like, I mean, next, next February will be the fifth anniversary of uh, our first episode. So, I mean, we've been doing the radio show now almost five years. So, I mean, like, that's blowing my mind, and then I'm doing the podcast, and I start looking, and I'm like, Oh, you know, we're at 30, then we're at 40, and, you know, I mean, look at in 10 episodes, we'll uh, be at 50, and, you know, it's, I don't know, it's insane, but uh, I'm very happy to be here, I'm I'm very happy that uh, we're 40 episodes in, and anyone is listening to this, and uh, you know what, first and foremost, actually, I uh, wanted to give a big shout out, and I cannot remember, the, I know we went on a few different podcast directories there, so I do not remember all the names, but a big shout out to anyone listening to this in India right now. The uh, last few weeks we got added to some uh, podcast directories and apps in uh, India. And like I've just been watching really in the last two weeks. Uh, India is now our third most listened. Like we are most downloaded. Our third most downloaded country is uh, in India. And I mean you guys beat out Canada. You beat out France, uh, Australia. Like we have some other ones too. But like of the big of like the big like maybe five or six countries that uh, have downloaded the show most because we have some other ones where like there's a few countries where we have maybe like five downloads you know and like little things like here and there but like of sizable amounts of downloads we probably have like five or six countries and uh, the last two weeks that we've been uh, available in India I, I'm not kidding I mean it's just been shooting up and it's really cool too because uh, people are going back and like listening to old episodes and uh, and it's funny to call them old episodes because really I mean. The oldest episode would be the the very first one, and that's not even a year old yet. So, you know, I mean, old old within reason, I guess. But, uh, you know, it's very cool to see. So, I mean, honestly, shout out to uh, anyone listening to this in India. I mean, that is that is so awesome. It blows my mind to, uh, you know, just to, just to think that. I remember way back in the day with a podcast, like I'm talking like 2006, 2007, I uh, had one with my friend. And uh, I mean, we we're like in middle school. So I mean, this was very, very long ago. But uh, and I, I do not off the top of my head, I don't remember the countries. But uh, my buddy was the one who did all the I mean, I, I didn't know anything about hosting these or doing anything like that. So he did like the analytic or not even the analytics, but like hosting it, putting it up, figuring out how you get a podcast out, basically. And uh, I do remember him telling me, though, like when like there'd be a couple different countries that uh, would download our episodes. And that just always blew my mind. I mean, I, I get a kick out of uh Looking and obviously anyone listening from anywhere. I mean, you know, whether it's here in the United States or anywhere else. I mean, I think it's amazing. It's so cool. But uh, I've always gotten a kick out of that. You know, that to know that people are listening in other places. And uh, I know on WRFA that we on the uh, radio station that we do the uh, radio the radio show on. 
Um, I used to produce the Swedish Hour, it's called, and it's like the longest-running show on here. They uh, still do it. And it's funny, actually. I'm recording this in the WRFA studios, and I, I just as I walked in, um, there's a sign-in sheet just with COVID and everything. They want to kind of keep keep track of uh, you know everyone coming in and out. And uh, I saw that the host, Yed, uh, that she signed in, that she was here a few days ago. And that just made me so happy that she's still doing it like 10 or 11 years later now. I mean, I, I produced that. From 2009 to 2011, I had an internship here while I was in high school. But uh, anyways, I always got a kick out of that because, uh, you know, that got listened to in Sweden. Like, we had a, a Swedish listenership that was listening from another country, you know, streaming streaming the radio show. And uh, that just always was like, it just always blew my mind. And it's just, you know, it's still now, you know, all these years later. Like, anytime you see it kind of get that reach I uh, always get a kick out of that. Same with social media. I've sent a couple like stickers and pics and stuff other countries, and I always get a kick out of that. We're out of stickers, but I mean, if you're listening from uh, India, I still have some power cord. And really, this is for anyone listening anywhere. But you know, once again, shout out to anyone listening to this in India. And I gotta say, like as of right now, me recording this, and who knows, it may change. I'm recording this Saturday night. Comes out Monday. I mean, maybe my Monday it will change. But, uh, you know, third most downloaded uh, country, but they're just beating the UK by like, I'm I'm like 10 or 15 downloads. So, I mean, by the time this comes out, there's a good chance that India is our second most downloaded uh, country. So, I mean, once again, cannot thank you enough. If you're listening to this over there, thank you so much. It is so, uh, it just blows my mind. It's so rad that you uh, have found this and uh, I hope you enjoy it. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I hope I... I hope I represent the United States well. Uh, not everyone has a potty mouth like me, but, uh, you know, not everyone's as smart as me, though, either, or has this great taste of music. So you've come to the right place. But uh, thank you so much for checking out. But like I was saying, uh, if you're listening over there, but really if you're listening from anywhere, um, you're just listening to this, you know, I don't have uh, Power Code Hour stickers anymore. I got to order more because uh, I actually keep getting emailed and stuff for them. People people still see the posts on our social media and uh, hit me up, and I'm just like, hey, sorry, like, I don't have them anymore. But uh, I still have some guitar picks, so if you want to hit me up, powercordhour at gmail.com, I will gladly mail you some, no matter where you're at uh, in the world. I do have t-shirts, but I have mailed one or two uh, outside of the U.S., and it is just so expensive. I got to be honest that I, I cannot offer those to uh, people out of the U.S. because I I, the, I sent one out, and uh, dude was very rad, sent a, like a glowing review, such a nice uh, review, and I mean, I, I gladly sent it out. But it sent, I sent it somewhere in the UK, and it was like $20 to ship it. So, you know, and, and that's that's just kind of my thing. You know what I mean? Like, I, like I'd love to be able to send stuff to people listening anywhere. But, uh, you know, picks I can still send. You know, I can I can send you an envelope of guitar picks and a little thank you note. And, uh, you know, it'll cost me like a dollar. Like, I can totally do that. But, uh, yeah, you know, if you want one of those T-shirts, though, and you're in the U.S., uh, don't forget, you know, you can rate and review the show on uh, iTunes and uh, send me a screenshot of it, powercordhour at gmail.com, or you can send it to one of our social media, wherever. Just get it to me. Just get a screenshot to me and, uh, you know, that you that you left a review. I don't I don't care what it is. Glowing, not glowing, whatever it is, and uh, send me that screenshot, and I'll send you a shirt, and uh, I would love to do that. I still got a handful of them left, and uh, they look very cool. Second design we've ever had. We had, a, we had another one last year. And uh, I think this one looks even cooler, uh, you know, same design that we've had, but uh, just looks uh, just looks really, really cool. And uh, yeah, they're they're uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it's not an exact copy, 
but I, I, I have seen, I, I'm not even going to say the name. I don't, I don't know the name. So like, I don't know. I'm not trying to start shit. I guess I am in a way, but not really just kind of a, uh, kind of an observation, if you will. But, uh, there is like a, I guess, podcast network or something I, I see just started and look at like our logo. If you've, if you've seen it, it it's not like intricate or any anything like that by any means but uh i I have seen this uh logo for this new one and it's basically like ours just just flipped like flipped around but it looks weird because it like looks it looks like our design if you were looking at it in a mirror so i don't know i think that's a little bit odd but i mean at the same time i mean i i don't i don't know i'm it's just a thing that i've seen and I'd like to bring up, but once again, it's it's not really, I guess it's a kind of a neutral comment. It just kind of looks odd when you see it and you go like, that looks a lot like my logo just flipped around. But, uh, you know, if, and that's the other thing, if you, uh, maybe you like, maybe you like that podcast network more than us, rate and review my podcast. I'll give you this shirt. And, uh, if you can somehow figure out how to, uh, reverse that image around then uh there you go it, it doesn't even have to be a power cord hour shirt anymore but uh yeah so if you have not guessed i mean we're almost 10 minutes in no get if you have not guessed we don't have a guest it is uh it is just me and you for this episode and uh actually i did have one and uh i messed it up that happens from time to time i uh you know it's not always on the uh, guest you know sometimes sometimes you have mishaps with them people forget to call in things happen but uh, this was totally my fuck up. Actually, this week we were supposed to be talking to, and I've wanted him back on. The last time I was supposed to have him on was 2018. So I've wanted him back on for a while. And that was the last time I was going to have him on. Last time I've had him on was 2016. But uh, Steve Neurotic of the uh, band Shower with Goats is going to have him on uh, tonight or interview him tonight uh, around the time that I'm recording this. And then it will be coming out uh, Monday. But uh, I told him, hey, yeah, let's do this interview. I'm like... He gave me a time, and I'm like, that would totally work, 100%. And in my mind, I'm like, it would. It was the perfect time. I was all set for it. And then, like, an hour or two passed, and all of a sudden, it hit me in my head. I'm like, I have a birthday party to go to. So I messed that up. Totally my fault. I fucked it up big time. But uh, I don't want to leave you guys hanging because also, uh, if you did notice, no new podcast last week. And uh, that one was kind of – it was a little bit out of uh, laziness, I guess. I would say some laziness. And uh, also, I was out kayaking, so uh, that was the other thing. I, I had no guest, and I really wasn't sure what I was going to do for the uh, episode for the week. And then it got to the end of the week, and uh, my uncle's like, you want to go kayaking? And I'm like, that sounds fun. So I did that instead of doing the podcast. If you didn't notice, there wasn't one last week. But uh, hey, these bad boys are free. What are you going to do? But uh, I, had a great, I had a great time. Fall is uh, my favorite season because like like I like summer but I I like the season where I get beautiful foliage on the trees and it's still it's still nice enough where you can go outside but it's no it's not so ungodly hot and humid it's like the perfect time in my opinion you know maybe towards the end it gets a little like when it's really transitioning into into a winter and it gets really you know like the wind starts to like hurt your face cuz it's getting like that cold that part I don't love but like the September October part and like early part of November, like I love, I love the fall. And, uh, yeah, I went do did a little kayaking, uh, up on Candace Lake, kind of near uh, Rochester, New York. And, uh, the foliage up there, just, just beautiful, absolutely beautiful. And I uh, went around, uh, Hemlock Lake 
and uh, those places. And it was just a gorgeous day, nice little day trip. And I've been up there before, but never got to kayak it. And it's funny, I really got back into kayaking this summer. I kayaked once, and I guess that's the other thing. It's my dumbass taking one experience from years ago going, I didn't really care for it, and then just assuming that I just didn't really like it, where in actuality, I mean, I didn't have a terrible time the first time I did it, but I'd just done it years ago because I thought I'd really like it, and I think I hyped it up so much in my head that when I went and did it, it wasn't as fun as I thought it was going to be. So I just kind of wrote it off, but then this summer... I uh, did a decent amount of kayak, and I'm like, oh, like, damn, I think I want a kayak again. I think I got a, I think I might have to buy one. Um, I've been using other people's every time, but uh, enough where I'm like, oh, okay, I, th- I think it's time. Uh, you know, I, I think one day when, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully this podcast starts making me some jet ski money. That's what we really want. You know, like I said earlier, this shit's free right now, but you just wait. We're gonna get, we're gonna get somewhere in here. And uh, you all are going to have to help me get that jet ski money because uh, I, I would love me a jet ski as well. A, a kayak and a jet ski. I don't even need I don't need a flashy boat. I don't need anything. I, I, I guess those aren't those are kind of those. Those are really like shitty guest boats. They're not even boats, but I mean, like they're not even like no one really wants to sit on the back of a jet ski. You're going to eat shit if the person driving it takes a turn too fast. And uh, I mean, a kayak is definitely not a not a very comfortable thing for two people. But uh, I don't know. I, I like I like things like that where you can get a couple people. You can all get in, you know, either on your jet ski or your kayak and just go down. You know, go places you can, you really can't go with a boat. I uh, I'm kind of into that. And including uh, when I was in Minnesota, I really did. You know, the land of ten thousand lakes and even more um, actually because whatever whatever the criteria is for lakes, like there's so many just like huge ponds, which you would probably call a lake anyways, that you see just driving around Minnesota that don't even count for those 10,000 lakes. So, I mean, there's probably, and I, and I truly believe that too. Well, I mean, I guess more than 10,000 bodies of water, if you want to be technical, if you will. But uh, yeah, that's what I was doing last week. Instead of podcasting, I was having fun on the water and uh, I want to enjoy that too. September was so cold around where I live and, uh, Actually, October, like this last week or so, we had some decent weather, and I wanted to go take uh, advantage of that. So that's what I was doing. I, I don't know. You got to have that balance. I like, uh, I like hanging out in studios and doing indoor things, but I'm also somebody – I like that in between. Like I, like I don't like – like I'm not a person who wants to live in the country. I like to live in a uh, city. I like to live in a busy place, but at the same time, I also like that other side of just solitude – in the forest, nobody around, quiet, you know, like, like I'm like, I like cities, but I don't like city parks. I'd rather go in the middle of nowhere or like country woods and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, I, I kind of like that in between. You gotta, ha- you gotta have a little bit of both in your life. Gotta have a nice balance there. And uh, that's what I did. But I'm back with you. I'm sure we'll have Steve on. I mean, really, I'm just waiting to hear back from him, you know, uh, when, whenever he can do it. So, I mean, maybe even next week we'll have him on. And uh, I would love to have him on. He, uh, I mean, he's a great dude and actually very first interview on the Power Court Hour. That's that the other reason why I would really love to have him back on. Um, I mean, besides he's just a good dude and I like his music. But, uh, yeah, very first interview back in November of uh, 2016. I remember I hit him up. I don't think it – it wasn't exactly my 24th birthday. So I was still 23. It was like a few days before my 24th birthday, I remember. Maybe we were having like a birthday party for me or something. And uh, I knew I knew him a little bit um, just on Twitter. I mean, just talking to him from the band. I uh, I bought some rare stuff from him a few times. 
Uh, oh man, where did I? I think it's caught in. Yeah, caught inside. I don't know if you know who caught inside is. If you do, you. I mean. Uh, Email me so I can send you some punk cred. Like, I'll just mail you some punk cred in the mail. Um, I mean, I guess that's how you mail something. But, like, I'll mail you some punk cred if you know who Cottonside is, the Florida punk band. And uh, I bought a test pressing from him um, from a 45 they did. I can't remember the rest. I got a couple other things. Uh, one or two of them had had to do a shower with goats. But uh, also were just a few other things from, like, obscure like and you've heard this podcast i mean i i love that kind of stuff you know that i i love like those bands that you have to like search and hunt for who are like obscure and pre-internet days like pre-social media like like i love scouring stuff for that and uh he he had some really cool stuff i I bought years ago but you know i just talked to him on and off a little bit online and whatnot but uh i i remember at the time he started his not-for-profit records which uh, was one of the reasons he was going to come on. And I won't say too much because not was going to come on. He'll definitely be back on. But uh, he was just starting that label then. And it's just a really cool thing. You should go check this out. Because um, if you're not familiar with him too, you know, go get familiar before our interview. And uh, I feel like you'd enjoy it that much more if you knew who he was. Um, but not-for-profit records, he uh, does these releases. And if you can tell by the name, you know, if the name doesn't give it away, he does it not-for-profit. And uh, the proceeds go to different charities for everything. So his very first uh, release, when I interviewed him, he did a split, uh, Stephen the Neurotics, which is him and uh, a couple other people, I believe, he had working on it. Him and then kind of whoever's around, I believe, he kind of does. But it's mostly his project. And uh, he did a split with him and Krista Makes of Less Than Jake. They both did a song, and uh, the proceeds went... Chris picked a place, and then he picked a place. Um, Chris picked, I believe, a might have been a hospice, I think, in Florida that his uh, grandmother was at at the end of her life. And uh, I think also Money Money went to, to Alzheimer's research and cancer research, I want to say. And uh, I mean, you can find this interview on our YouTube page. It is like at the way bottom. It's like the third video on there. Because once again, this is our first uh, or my very first interview but, uh, you know, it's really, really cool. He does stuff from time to time, and he just did something, um, put out a, a, a Shower of Goats record that they recorded over a decade ago but just got released this month on the uh, label. And uh, I'm not entirely sure where all of the, where all the money is going to. They go to a couple different places for this one too, but always to a good cause. So, you know, I was going to have Mon talk about that, find out where the proceeds are going. And, uh, you know, all that good stuff. But, yeah, so he was the first one. I messaged him because I knew that he was putting that out. And I'm like, hey, man. I mean, the radio show at that point, I started it in February 2016. And I hit him up, and he was on November 2016. So this was months. This was like 10 months into the show. So, I mean, which has, see, those are the things that blow my mind. Like, as I was saying earlier, like, we're getting up to that fifth anniversary of the radio show. And I'm looking back at our first interview and we're 10 months in, like we weren't even at our year yet. You know, we're just inching there. And, uh, and actually I think I'm doing the math in my head. I'm, I'm shitty at math. If you haven't been able to tell, uh, listening to the show, if you ever, if you ever hear me on here doing math, probably notice I kind of slow down for a second and I probably don't even get the right number then, but, uh, you know, roughly 10 months in and probably a little less there actually. But uh, yeah, he was cool. He was, he was nice enough to come on, be my very first guest. And uh, it's funny, I had not listened to that one in a while. I had heard it since we'd recorded it. It's not like something that I'd never heard since we since uh, I interviewed him, but it had been quite a while. And I just and I just listened to this yesterday, um, as in Friday night, because I'm recording this Saturday night. 
And uh, we're, me and Steve were talking. He was going to come on. But we didn't. We didn't solidify the uh, time until yesterday. So I was like, okay, you're coming on tomorrow. And that's when I fucked it up and went, oh, wait, I have a birthday party. But, uh, you know, after after we're like, okay, you know, he's coming on tomorrow. I went back and listened to – I was going to listen to more of it. I did not listen to very much of it, to be honest. But uh, just to go back through, you know, like even though it was an old interview and like I wanted to kind of do it fresh and, you know, for people, like I said, who don't know him, we'd still go over things again. But I wanted to make sure that I wasn't like asking him the same exact questions I asked him four years ago, basically. So I listened back a little and oof, I uh, <laughs> it, it is hard to listen to that. I got to say, like I've uh, I've the last few years, like I don't mind hearing like I can I can kind of hear myself. Not that I sit around and listen. My, like I don't want to listen to this. I don't sit around listening to these. Uh, I don't think most people do. If most if people sit around listening their own podcasts, they're fucking sociopaths. That's uh, you can quote me on that. Like I'm not gonna sit here and listen to myself. You know, regurgitate what I already heard myself say. You know, for an hour, an hour and a half. I'm not gonna do that. I, I can't imagine many people do. But, I mean, if I do listen to it or even if I just listen back, you know, like I'm editing it, like I don't mind – like I don't like – I don't mind hearing my voice. Like I used to not like hearing it. And then I listened to that uh, interview and I'm just like, oh, yeah, like I was really – which I was nervous. I mean, obviously. It was my first – it was my first interview on the show, really my first ever uh, like interview interview, really. And, uh, you know, funny enough, I did a text interview with uh, – and by text, actually by email – but uh, I, I with uh, Steve Kravick, who was on the show for the first time this year. But uh, I back in college in 2014 for a communications class, the final was to interview someone in communications. And uh, I and actually, it's funny that was another one. Is uh, he he is another one who I talked to on Twitter for years and had never talked to like you know on the phone or anything like that. And I just hit him up on there. And I'm like, hey dude, like I got to do this thing for school. Like, would you be into it? Like. And then he was like up for it. And I he's the sweetest dude too. Like, you want to talk about what a good guy he was. I don't remember who he was on tour with, but like he was touring with someone at that time. Like I don't I don't know if he was doing PA or what. I don't think he was playing in the band, but like, you know, he was managing or PAing or whatever. And uh, you know, he took the time to do that, and I know he was busy as hell. And I remember I kept waiting for it because when he sent it, he uh, ended up sending it like I think a day or two before I had to turn it in. But I mean, and like not to no fault of his own once like he was on tour, you know what I mean? But uh, I remember him getting it back to me, even actually to get, be even more specific with you. Um, this was this was back in uh, 2014, which I, another funny one, actually, because I, I hit up Steve uh, for the for our very first interview in 2016, like on the eve or whatever of my 24th birthday. And I remember Steve sent me that uh, the interview like a day or two, because I was coming back from the Antarctica Vespucci. They were uh, Jeff Rosenstock and Chris Farron's band. They were playing in Cleveland at the Grog Shop. On That was the first time they ever played Cleveland, and as far as I know, the only time. I don't, I mean, they've played like Fest and stuff, but I don't think they've ever done a full tour like that ever again. As far as I know, it's the only tour they ever did. But I remember going to that, and it was a Sunday night, and I was driving back. I had college the next day pretty early in the morning. I had classes, and uh, it like... One or two in the morning, I think I was like pumping gas at sheets in like outside of Ashtabula, Ohio, and I was checking my phone while pumping gas, which is a terrible thing to do. Don't do that. But uh, I, I, there it was at like one or two in the morning when I was pumping gas. Steve sent it in like right there. It's like I remember I had to go home. And you know what? No, I take that. I take that back about having a couple of days. That was the thing. It was on a Sunday night. I had to turn it in the next day. So he he like sent it to me. 
like 12 hours before that class. So that was the other thing. Like I went to the show and I couldn't just skip classes the next day. Like this is November. So we're getting towards the end. You know, shit was fairly serious. And uh, yeah, I had to hand, I had to hand in, it wasn't like a project yet. Like you handed in the interview and then you had to like do a presentation or shit like a month later, but I had to hand that in and I had to like write an intro for it and shit. So like I had to get home at like three in the morning, write, write some intro for this, you know, transcribe his email, kind of clean it up in a form so I could put it in, you know, a word document for my teacher. And, uh, and it all, it all worked out. I am getting like an A or a B on it. And, uh, and actually the funniest thing too with it is I remember the teacher was like, you can't do email because Steve, Steve, because he was touring, it was like kind of hard to do it via phone. The teacher wanted it to either be in person or over, you know, Skype or phone and just was not easy for Steve to do. So I, for a while I was kind of looking for other people and then I'm like, what? Well, like, fuck it. Like I have, I have the dude who's like produced and engineered Blink-182 and Less Than Jake and all these bands to do, like to interview him for my final project for this communications class. Like, why wouldn't I go with him? Like, who gives a shit it's on email? So I just went against the teacher and at first I thought it was going to go against me, but like I said, I got an A or a B on the thing. Like, it, it was like an 80 something, I believe. So like, it really, it really didn't fuck me. Like the teacher was kind of like, yeah, you're not allowed to do that. I just, I kind of went against it. But well, the other thing I guess to be, to be fair as well, I don't think you ever had to like have like, he make you record the conversations. It's all kind of by uh, you know, kind of by trust. So, you know, you could also just say, Hey, I transcribed this cause I talked to him on the phone. Like, I don't know that he really had a way of uh, finding out. I, I guess I was foolish to believe him for a minute, but uh, it's good that I decided to go against him. And uh, yeah, it, 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 that, that was like the first time I ever actually, I would say interviewed someone in the sense of, cause I did the interview questions were like, like it was for a class, but I really did write questions like I would for this show. Like I asked him about his label, what he's done. Like, and it's funny because I was reading them back earlier this year, his, uh, you know, my questions and his answers, and I mean, at this point, they're six years old, but, uh, you know, like we were talking about his own music. And at that point, he was talking about what would become Stephen Bradley, but he's talking about wanting to release a solo record then. And it was so funny that I'm reading that six years prior. And then six years later, he's on the show and we're interviewing him for that album, you know, that he finally put out. But, uh, you know, just so funny. I, I love I love at this point, because once again, like, I can't believe the show's been around for a couple years now so like to have memories like they were like yeah that was a couple years ago or like this happened during this you know is absolutely insane but uh you know steve was another great guest we definitely got to have back on but uh anyways you know with uh both steves i all of a sudden it just hit me i guess like as i'm talking about this it didn't even hit me i'm talking about two steves steve neurotic and steve kravik but uh you know when we got him both on steve neurotic was who we were supposed to have on tonight but anyways he was our very first guest on the show and, uh, you know, it's just insane to listen back to that. Like, I was just so nervous. You know, I, I'd done that interview with uh, Steve Kravick. It was all on email. Like, it wasn't like a phoner. And it was like, and that was the other thing. Like, we talked online, but I'd never talked to him, like, on the phone. You know, like, verbally, we'd never talked. And, uh, you know, he was such a nice guy. Because, like, just, and this was just kind of my perspective four years later and listening to it yesterday. Like, I mean, I was just so goddamn nervous. And I was just very stiff. Like, there wasn't very much personality in it. Like, like the thing 
I was thinking about this too. Like, I'm happy that me and him talked beforehand, and also like I hit him up to come on, so he knew that like I wanted him on the show and I liked his music. Because if not, if you listen to it, it's unintentional. But I just think I'm so like unemotional and like the way you know, just because I'm like nervous. But I just have this really deadpan way of asking questions, almost sound disinterested. You know, it's just so funny listening back now. So it's like I got to re- now I got to redeem myself and have him back on, obviously. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure we'll get that. I'm sure we'll get that back uh, going. I mean, you can I'm probably not going to put it in the podcast feed anytime soon. But I mean, I, it's not like I've deleted it. You can hear this interview. You know, it's uh, like I said, it's one of our first uh, first videos on the YouTube page. And, uh, you know, I mean, we talked for like 40 minutes. I mean, he was a good guest and a very interesting guy. Really cool musical career throughout the years. And, I mean, if you don't know him, this probably won't come to a surprise to you. I mean, considering, you know, what the topic is for a lot of our episodes. But Shower of Goats is a New Jersey punk band. And uh, that's why it's so funny. That was my first ever guest. That's why I always say that. Like, yeah, I wasn't, like, in the scene. You know, I wasn't even born in New Jersey. And, you know, I missed it. You know, I, I was, like, a baby when that all that stuff was going on. But I just love it so much that, you know, that that had to be my first guest. I just knew that I would have questions for him and uh, things to ask him. And, I, I, you know, that was the other thing, too. I, I've been thinking about that as well lately, that I think those are sometimes the best guests. Like, I think those have been some of my best guests on the show. Like, at least for me personally, like, it, like if, if I'm done with an interview, the ones that I personally think come out, like, the greatest are people that, like, I know kind of but have never talked to, once again, verbally. Like, I have a lot of people who I've had on the show the last few years and a lot on this podcast just this year where, you know, we've been buddies on, like, Twitter for years or whatever on social media, and, you know, we talk that way, but we've never, you know, we've never heard each other's voices or anything like that. And, you know, Steve Steve Neurotic, I think, was a good one, like I said, for my first interview in that way where, yeah, I was nervous, but at the same time, it was like I knew things I could ask him. I knew I'd be interested in it, and we did. I mean, it's funny, too, because the interview's only like 40 minutes, but I remember we talked for maybe three hours because one of the uh, – one of one of the uh, – I, I guess he would be our uh, – I mean, he's just a jack-of-all-trades. He's, he's a great dude, but Jason here at uh, WRFA – I I felt bad, and I think he was a little annoyed because I remember taking that studio for like three hours that day, not realizing that he needed it. And the interview was like 40 minutes long. So I think at some point Jason listened in there, and it was no longer an interview. It was now I was asking Steve if he had an Against All Authority album that he could send me the MP3s of. We We started just talking like about obscure old bands and Steve was like sending me a bunch of mp3s he's like have you ever heard the band quit you know ever heard this you ever heard that you know one thing I would like to do though and I had totally forgotten about this until yesterday with that interview though because we had talked so long with the show part of the reason why it's 40 minutes is that you know during that time we're in a time slot on on the radio station where like PSAs would play, there'd be an intermission, it would get cut up, and it's like we would be on for an hour, but really we wouldn't have an entire hour. So like I had to fit our interview, an intro, and I, you know, like me talking b- before and after, and you know, I wanted to play some of his music. So we had to cut a bunch of stuff out, and uh, one of the things I had to cut out, which really bummed me out, but it just, you know, I, I was trying to keep to the topic, you know, the uh, the album he was releasing with Chris. 
and uh, some different things. But towards the end, we did start talking about like obscure bands from the 90s from like that New Jersey punk scene. And he had so many like he was just like all these ones that he played with and ones that he went and saw. And uh, I'd totally forgotten, like, we had to cut out so much of that just from time restraints. And uh, we weren't, you know, obviously weren't doing the podcast four years ago. And, uh, you know, so so I don't know. I, I guess it's conflicting because, like I said, part of me doesn't like listening back to it because, like, I just feel like I'm so frigid and, like, I don't know if frigid's the right word. I just, I, I'm emotionalist, it sounds like. Like, there's no emotion. I, I ask everything very deadpan and stuff. I, I was just because I'm nervous. Like, once again, like, I asked him on. I'm a fan of his music. Like, it's not like I'm disinterested in what we're talking about. But, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. There's that. But at the same time, I also think he had such great things to say and had some really interesting things to talk about that, I don't know, maybe one day the whole thing coming out would uh, be cool. But I'd like to have him on anyways. Like, that, that one was neat, too, because he had some good uh, Less Than Jake stories as well. Because, like I said, he did that split with Krista Makes. And uh, Shower with Goats played, I think, their first ever show with Lesson Jake at uh, Steve's parents' house. There, that's in the interview. You got to go back and listen to the story because I can't remember the entire thing. But uh, I mean, he talks about like the early days. We're talking like Lesson Jake was probably a band for like. I don't even think Pezcor was out yet because I think that was part of the thing that he talked about was like they didn't have an album out yet. They had a couple like seven inches out. You know, if you know anything about Less Than Jake, they put out all, uh, you know, I mean, talk about a band that's just put out all these random releases through the years and splits and, you know, just different things like that. And, uh, you know, that it was kind of during that time. It was like pre-Pezcor, just, you know, a couple uh, random things out there. So, I mean, we're talking really early days. And, uh, I mean, like that was left in the interview. Like that stuff you can go here on YouTube. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he has so much cool stuff to talk about, so I definitely got to have him back on. And, uh, I mean, we'll, I'm sure we'll rehash some of that because, once again, I, I just feel like at this point I'm more comfortable interviewing people. I've I've since now talked to probably 30 or 40. You know, I've probably had at least 40 more interviews since I've talked to him. So, you know, I, I think at this point I'm a little better at it and, uh, you know, I'd love to have him back on. And, you know, and really that's the thing is probably that after-interview fodder was probably a lot more relaxed. Like when I wasn't on air with them, like I was probably way more chill. Like when we were just talking about, you know, against all authority and whatnot. And shout out to him. I'm trying to remember the name. It's a it's a rare one. It's like pre hopeless records. Uh I can't remember this is the name and I like Walking Revolutions on it, which is my that that was the one I heard off and then I wanted the rest of the album and I couldn't find it anywhere. And he, and shout out to him for sending me the MP threes that I think it's destroy what destroys you. I might be fucking up the title, but I know it's something along that lines and uh, just so good. Kind of that like Suicide Machines uh, kind of side of ska, the the aggressive side. You know what I mean? Like not the happy-go-lucky side, the like fuck you side. But uh, yeah, some some good stuff in there. I'm uh, kind of side note too. I, I just stoked about it and we'll, we'll probably play it on here because I'll uh, probably play the new song. But uh, I did just get a, a cool little liner from uh, Roger from Less Than Jake. If uh, if you don't know what a liner is, you know, if you're listening to a radio show or a podcast, if you will, as well. And, uh, I mean, we have mine here before. But, like, hey, this is so-and-so, and you're listening to insert radio station or podcast name here. Um, he just sent us one that he did and uh, did a little shout-out. And it, it's also for the uh, new Less Than Jake song for their upcoming record. And uh, I'm going to be playing that. I'm playing it on the radio show here this week. And uh, I will probably be playing it on the September rundown here as well. And uh, I'll just play that in between. I mean, it's like 10 seconds long. But, uh, you know, things like that, it's still – those are the reasons to do this. Like that – like shit like that is like why I do the podcast because it's like I – 
like Roger, I play an Ernie Ball Stingray bass, and like Mike Herrera and Roger are the like two reasons I I play them. Like there's other artists, but those were the two that at that time I'm like that's that's the tone. Like that's what I want. Like those basses look cool. You know, I saw them play them live. They always look so fucking cool. You know, both great bass players, including Rod. I mean, Roger's playing fucking like lead bass in Less Than Jake. It's insane. You know, it kind of, I think it kind of goes back like what me and uh, Kyle were talking about last week on the Green Day episode talking about Insomniac. Um, you know, what, what I brought up was like, I think one of the things that people don't realize is like all these insane things like Mike Dirt kind of does that in Green Day and he's playing like lead bass and stuff. And one of the reasons he can do that is because there's not a wall of guitars. You know what I mean? Like there's just one. Like he's just like Roger's only playing with Chris who, you know, has normally a pretty clean guitar tone anyway. You know, they're playing ska. He's not really, you know, he might have a little distortion when they're playing like choruses and stuff to kind of like double the sound, make it a little louder. But, you know, he he has a lot more to play with in there. And, uh, you know, it's insane when you look at like what Roger plays while he's singing, like, it's just nuts. I mean, he's one of the greatest punk rock, really just one of the best like bass players in music. Like he's really amazing. But I mean, when you want to talk about like punk ska, like that whole, you know, you know what I'm talking about, the whole like genre and that kind of music, one of the best. I mean, it's just insane what he's doing. But uh, yeah, you know, to, to have him just do a little shout out and like, hey, Roger from Lesson Jake, you're listening to Power Chord Hour and stuff. And, uh, and I'm not doing it justice. He really... He he had a great too like like the way he says the power chord hour too he's like he's like uh, I don't know he like builds up to it gives it this really great like I, I don't know it sounds awesome you'll hear it on here but uh, yeah I just thought that was really cool I got a kick out of that that he did it I got some uh, other new ones too he did that actually Steve I think is gonna send one from uh, Steve Ner- Steve Neurotic we do have one from Stephen Bradley Steve Kravick um, we do have one from him. But, uh, yeah, and Chelsea from Stress Dolls, she sent us one. And, uh, yeah, I've been getting some new ones. I, I had some older ones, and as bands start to break up or, like, people leave bands and shit, like, you, you can't use all the old ones anymore. So, uh, I mean, I guess I could, but I'm like, I don't know. Sometimes it's weird. Like, I don't know if people want that. You know what I mean? Like, if somebody's like, hey, this is, this is so-and-so from this band, and it's like, well, they're not in the band anymore, so it's like I, I just kind of feel weird, so I don't play those anymore. But I've gotten some fresh liners, and uh, I'm sure that's what you care about. You're like, we need fresh liners on here. I, I can't do with these old ones, you know. And uh, what, what I cannot do with, I, and I, you know this, I'm a huge Replacements fan. If you listen to this show, you know that. And uh, I've been waiting for that Please to Meet Me box set. It's my favorite Replacements record. It's one of my favorite records of all time. I don't know. I've never thought too hard on that, like, deserted island record thing, like, when people ask you that. But, I mean, if I if you're going to ask me, like, three records of Marianne Deserted Island, I, I mean, Please to Meet Me has to be in there. It, it has to be in there, you know. And it's funny, too. I love Slim, and I love Bob Stinson. And Bob Stinson, in particular, is, like, one of my all-time favorite guitar players. But as far as replacements go, my favorite record is the one that – Neither him nor Slim play on them as a three piece. I just I just think it was the time, the place. I think Paul Westerberg also. I mean, just listen to IOU, listen to those lyrics and stuff. The pressure that he felt, the people who were, you know, what will they be without Bob? You know, like what's this man up to now? Like, do they have anything left in them and stuff? And I really, I think it pushed them. I really, I really think it did. And what we ended up getting was the best replacements record, in my opinion. And all the other ones are great. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, like I said, Bob Stinson, one of the greatest guitar players of all time. Same with Slim Dunlap. I mean, I and I love the last two replacements records. 
But, uh, you know, them them as a three-piece was just, uh, you know, that's why it's really, I really just wish Chris Mars would get back behind those drums and the three of them would fucking play again together. Because, like, yeah, you would love to see them play with Slim, which obviously, you know, which it, he's he's had more health troubles lately. So, I mean, we're, you know, I thoughts and prayers and all that out to him. You know, I mean, you know, speedy, speedy recovery. Hopefully he's doing better. You know, I, I, I wish I wish health wise the man could uh, catch a break. But I mean, you know, he always seems to be in good spirits and whatnot. And uh, just such a, you know, such a legend. And it's, uh, you know, it's sad to see. But it's also awesome to see everyone supporting him. Like still, you know, I mean, I know, I know it's been kind of an ongoing thing since like 2013. But, uh, you know, people still support him. I, I loved it. Like the first time I went to Minneapolis in 2016, you know, I remember going to Treehouse Records across the street from CC Club, and uh, it used to be Orfolk Joke Opus was the record store before it was called Treehouse Records, and that was the one that Peter Jesperson worked at. That uh, if you've read Trouble Boys or you just know the fucking history of the replacements, that's where uh, Paul Westerberg brought the first replacements demo to Peter Jesperson, and that's where Peter Jesperson heard them, and then you know ended up signing them to Twin Tone, and the rest is history. But, uh, you know, to go in there and that and, you know, to know that and whatnot. But I remember going to the cash register and they had a little donation box there for Slim and a couple other record stores I went to um, in town then had those. And, uh, you know, even throughout the years, I think I might have seen one or two when I was living there last year as well. I uh, I can't remember. Maybe I'm remembering from the first time. And uh, I remember definitely def- I threw some money in there for sure. That that's one I don't have to think twice about donating to. But, uh, you know, like I'm saying, I mean, just such a sweet guy, such a good guy. You know, you never heard a bad thing said about him. And uh, it's great to see that people are still supporting him now. And uh, they have been they are still putting music up on his Bandcamp page. That's the other thing. Go check that out. Go give your money because that is that is going to a good cause. That is going to a working musician who, you know, cannot afford the I mean, you know, what health care costs and what this is costing him. You know, he's, he's not fucking rich like. He didn't. He didn't become a millionaire off playing off the, the last two replacements records. Like I wish he was. I wish everyone who was part of the replacements were filthy fucking rich. I wish they had REM money. You know, I really do. But you know, we all know that they don't. And you know, if you can go support them, you know, uh, Slim Dunlap. You know, go check out his Bandcamp page. Um, you know, that's being set up from his family and stuff. I believe his daughter's doing a lot of it. And I know Chrissy, his wife works on the stuff and they're putting up unreleased things, old live stuff from the turf club and whatnot. And, uh, you know, money's going to go to them. So, you know, go support that That's on, that's on Bandcamp. And every now and then, you know, they, I know they recently redid the slim, uh, necklaces that they did the 45 adapter with a little heart in, in the middle. And, uh, they do little things like that from time to time. And, uh, once again, those proceeds help them. So, yeah, you know, I mean, if you can help out with that stuff, go check it out. And, you know, you get great music, too. So good. But uh, anyway, you know, this is positive stuff. Let me let me get back to being uh, an, an angry prick for a second, though. Um, actually, I'm not an angry prick. I'm just mad at Rhino because uh, and I and I heard this last year with Dead Man's Pop and I was sitting pretty. I, I was living. Imagine, if you will, I was uh, living in Minneapolis a uh, five-minute walk from uh, Electric Fetus, one of the greatest record stores in the country. And uh, I just get my Dead Man's Pop down there, and I got the promos with it. I walked down one day. I pre-ordered it. See, that's also like like side tr- – that's this whole episode. It's just me solo. I'm bullshitting with you. talking about music. And uh, one of the coolest things, because I've also talked about on this show how I've always had to like travel to shows and do this and that. But when I was living in Minneapolis, one of the coolest fucking things, like, I I don't know, maybe the only people who would appreciate this would be someone listening to this, but, like, 
a moment of like, this is just where I should live or this is where I should be was when I could walk five minutes from my apartment and go take a picture with Bob Mould when he was doing a signing and a, and a performance there. Like the whole time in my head, because I'm thinking like, I've went to these for years. Like it's not like my first time going to this. Like I'm a 26 year old, like not the first time I've been to a meet and greet or whatever. But like the idea that I didn't have to drive, that I went to work, came home, like ate dinner and shit and like, just walked down casually. I just like at like five thirty. I just kind of walked down the street to go see Bob Mold and take a picture, and then just casually walk home after. That fucking ruled. But uh, anyways, I remember around this time last year, um, walking down, getting my dead man's pop, and uh, I remember a lot of people online bitching about Rhino not sending it on time, a bunch of delays, just this and that. Not great stuff. And uh, Rhino's the one who releases these. I mean. As far as packaging goes and, like, the promos they give, I've said it on here before. They've done amazing things with the replacement stuff they do. Like, the last five years, they've been doing a lot with the vinyl. They've been doing it for years. Like, any of those uh, remasters and the reissues on CDs that they did, like, at this point, probably, like, I think maybe, like, 15 years ago. Um, that was my intro to them, actually. Pleased to Meet Me was my first replacements album. Maybe that's why it's my favorite. And it was that expanded ed- edition. And actually, I take that back. I think 2008 those got released. So, uh, yeah, I, I think I got mine '09 or maybe end of it. You know what? Maybe those even just came out when I got it. But Rhino did those reissues, and they've been doing, I mean, anything replacements related that's been released in the, 2000, in the 21st century has all basically been Rhino. And uh, I think they do really well, like the vinyl box sets, the Twin Tone years, and then the Sire years. They did a great job on those. They did a great job on promos for them. Like, really, like, I mean, out of the park, like, really cool shit. Like, you got really cool, like, promo items that I still see pop up. And uh, one I still really need is a replacements mat. The mat's mat. That, uh, for the for sale live at Maxwell's, I, I still really need that. Uh, a record store that I worked at for about a month had one. And I, I really I kind of wish I would have, like, shoved that motherfucker down my pants or something and walked out with it, I guess. But uh, I, I couldn't do that. But it would probably be worth it for a mat's mat. And, uh, yeah, like that, that's still to me, like one of the like promo items I would love to have. I'm not, I'm not a big collector, but when it comes to like replacement stuff, I got to have like anything that they've ever released. And that's one of them. But, uh, yeah, I, I saw last year anyways, getting back to it, saw last year, a bunch of people bitch about dead man's pop, not getting it on time, delay after delay. And I didn't listen. I ordered the please to meet me straight through Rhino. You would think going right to the fucking source would be the easiest. You would think you would get it right away. But uh, it has been out now for, I think, two weeks, and I still have not gotten it. And uh, I don't know when the hell I'm getting it. I know I got an email that said it got delayed for some shitty reason. But it's like after, like, you start seeing people all the time with these, with, like, Rhino, and it's like, all right, this isn't a one-time thing. Like, you're just lying, and you're fucking up every time. And it's just like, come on. Like, seriously, you know? Like, it's just so annoying, you know, I it, it, I think about it because I, I really am waiting. Like, I'm so excited. I want to hear. I, I And that's the other thing, too, is it doesn't help when I see all these people go, oh, it's a great box set. There's all these unreleased songs no one's ever heard. Apparently, there's quite a few, uh, maybe not even quite a few, but like a handful of songs that Tommy Stinson sang on that were ne- have never seen the light of day before. And uh, same with, like, some of Bob Stinson's finals, final performances with the band. Like, things like that on there that you've never heard before. And uh, I'm just waiting. I'm I'm impatiently waiting, and uh, you know I I fucking hope it gets here soon because I'm excited and I want all those goodies too because they still 
they still did some cool extras with it. I, I, I got everything. I went all out with it. I have to. It, it, it is like I, and I've said it on here. Like in my in my younger days, I I was always about that. You know, I'd like the deluxe edition of things. I was a collector. You know, I want the deluxe edition of the album. I want it on the you know super rare vinyl pressing. I want this and that. And I just have kind of lost that as I've gotten older. Like like I just kind of want the album. You know what I mean? Like I'm not I'm not as nuts about that anymore. There was a time where like if I wanted an album, I would go check out and be like, okay. Are there any like cool imports with a bunch of B-sides or is there like a deluxe edition? I would always want that. Whereas now I'm like, unless I really like the band, I just think I realize most of that's from a collector standpoint. So how much, how many times do you really listen to demos and outtakes like that? Unless it's a band you really love. The replacements are one of those. Like I love their B-sides. I love their outtakes. Like I listen to them all the time. Like they're like, don't tell a soul has some of their best B-sides like Portland. We know the night date to church. Like there's all these great fucking songs. Um, you know, so there are bands. Alkaline Trio is another one. Alkaline Trio, if you give me outtakes and B-sides from them, I'm always going to listen to that. Remains is one of their best albums, and it's all B-sides and outtakes. Like, it's some of their best shit. So, you know, some bands I will, but, like, just a band in general now, I'm not as, I'm not as you know, like, anal about that. But there are replacements I am. And, uh, you know, I've, I've been impatiently waiting because this is a band that I do want to hear everything. Like, this is... Like I said, there's a lot of people who, uh, you know, I don't need to hear your like home demos and your basement recordings. But if Paul Westerberg finally let us hear the thousands and thousands of hours worth of material that he's just recorded in his basement that has never seen the light of day. And who knows if it ever will. Um, I mean, I would eat that shit up 100 percent, like probably lo-fi. Not all of it's probably amazing. The quality's probably not always great. You know, I mean, if if you've heard like go listen to the I don't care. It's like I love that record, but it's like. He doesn't he goes for lo fi now. He wants it to sound like it was recorded in a in a bit which I mean, to be honest, it was, so he's being honest. You know what I mean? Like the the recording is truthful. It was recorded in a basement. But uh I think he's going for that sound and he has been for uh, you know, really a couple decades now. And uh I mean, I'm not against it, but uh yeah, like I, I still want to hear that stuff. Doesn't doesn't matter if it's not well produced or not. He he's one of those and I do wonder if we'll ever hear it, because it's like I don't I I think if we do, to be honest, he'll probably be dead. Like, it's more of a question of that. I think while he's alive, we're not going to hear most of it. He's just not going to release it. When he's dead, it's another question, you know. I mean, and and Paul Westerberg is God, so more than likely he never will die. He probably will just outlive all of us. But, uh, you know, if he dies, and I don't want to live in a world without Paul Westerberg, but, uh, you know, God forbid the day he does, you know, I I don't know. Will they pull a Prince? And then, see, that's the other thing. Then I'm conflicted because you have, you know, Prince is one of those. Like, I love Prince, but there's a, there is this really conflicting thing after he died because, like, when Prince was alive, like, he made it very obvious. Like, he was very, he was very choosy with how his music was handled, you know, how it was distributed, where it was. You know, like, he, he didn't love, you know, he didn't like digital distribution. He didn't like, like, actually, I don't think most of his music was on digital outlets and Spotify and shit like that until after he died. Like Prince, and I respect that. Like Prince was just, you know, kind of like Paul Westberg is very, you know, reserved with his music. He protected it. It was his baby. He cared about it. And, uh, you know, I mean, after, after he passed away, I think, uh, some of it got a little more lenient, you know, and, uh, and look at, I've been to Paisley park. I, I went to the, I did the little tour and it was cool. But I, it still felt weird because I also know that two years prior to I remember driving by Paisley Park that first time I went to Minneapolis in 2016. And it was like literally like two months before he died. 
Like at most, it was two months. I went there in March of 2016. He died, I think, April or May of 2016. And uh, I mean, I'm I'm there. I got to drive by Paisley Park, so I drive by. But this is when he's still alive. Like it, you're not allowed there. It's in a it's in a place where you're really not gonna be able to get out and like take pictures and shit. It's it's very nondescript. It's like a suburb of the Twin Cities. It's there's not a lot around there. Um, you know, it, it, it's very, I do always wonder actually, cause when I drove by, I do remember a, uh, it was like a big old SUV was driving out of there. And I, I always wonder that, like, was that Prince, you know, like uh, probably Prince in there, but, uh, you know, I just think of that and like, that was his place. I mean, yes, he had people in, he would do really cool fucking parties and different didn't like performances and shit. And they like, he did cool things. But once again, he was reserved about it. He picked, he was very like, he would have those parties and stuff there, but you could have no phones, no recordings. Like that's just how he was. You know, I mean, once again, Paul Westerberg hasn't become, you know, Paul Westerberg has kind of become that in his older age. You know, he's kind of done, kind of went the Prince route in a lot of ways, but uh, you know, yeah, after he died, you see a lot of that stuff more open and even going in there, I felt kind of weird. Cause I'm like, would Prince want us in here is the question. Like would Prince really want this as a museum afterwards? Like there's some people who would probably be like, yes, like they wouldn't mind that their home became, you know, a museum or like their legacy was preserved. I mean, I, I think he wants his legacy preserved, but in a way different than it is, you know, which uh, that that's just something I noticed with him, you know, uh, you know, after he uh, passed, there's just a lot of things that have went on where I go. Yeah, I don't know that Prince would be into that. I don't think Prince would like the way that uh, his estate has been handled afterwards. You know, it, I, I don't know my my own opinion, but I don't think that's too far fetched. I've talked to a couple other people who, who kind of share that. I, I think most people who are fans of Prince would probably agree with that. You know, the the way his estate's been handled. But uh, you know, getting goddamn so much good music in Minnesota. Look at it; just it always goes back to Minnesota. If we're not talking about New Jersey pop punk. We're talking about Minnesota, um, just all the good music from there. But, uh, yeah, I've I've been waiting for this box set. I want it really bad. I love Please to Meet Me. I want my T-shirt. I want my tote bag that I'm never going to use. Um, the cassette's kind of cool. There is a cassette with an uh, interview on there. And uh, I want – oh, no, I don't have it. I, I have seen it. No, I've seen it around. It has circulated throughout the years. I don't know if it's an official or in a bootleg. But uh, originally on a 45, I think. But this one's on a cassette. And a couple other things in there. I got I got the I got the deluxe package that Rhino had on there with all the shit in it. So I got all the shit supposed to come with, and uh, that would be fine and dandy if it was actually here. But it, it's still not here, and I just I'm still so pissed at that because it's the only label I think that's ever happened. Most of the time, if you order something directly from a label, you'll get it like a few days before the album's released. I've I've gotten that tons of times, where you order like the vinyl. And it gets there like three days before the album's ever released. And then you you have like the digital download. You can download a couple days early. Like normally it goes that way. Like very rarely does it go the other way where you just don't get it. And like, yes, I would look at COVID's happening. Like I I get that. Things are slowing down. Like I I sell a good amount of shit on eBay. I do do e-commerce and whatnot. Like like I get it. Like I've I've sent things out. Actually, even things for the show. I've sent T-shirts out to people. And stickers and stuff that never, I've gotten them sent back to me or never get to them. You know, I have a couple shirts. I remember a buddy in Chicago is like, hey, did you ever send that shirt? And I look up the tracking and it just dis like there was tracking. And then just one day it just stopped to just, just like, yeah, it's it's in hell now. Like, I, I don't know what to tell you. 
So, like, I get that. But the thing is, you hear from people and they're like, no, Rhino does this constantly. Like, pandemic or not, Rhino fucking drops the ball on these. So, I'm sitting here kind of bummed about, uh, kind of bummed about that. I did get two. I, I, I'm not, like, going to, I'm not throwing them under the bus or anything here. Like, I'm not going to say their name and, like, shit on them that way. But uh, funny enough, I did also, uh, and finally received, not order. I, I ordered these things in, like, July. But uh, really cool replacements poster someone did. Um, of their Saturday night, their uh, Saturday Night Live performance, and uh, I just finally got that in the mail, uh, like uh, maybe a week ago. I was kind of bummed though because when I ordered it, they were doing this cool package where you got that and you got a free uh, Bash and Pop poster that they did a few years ago for one of their tours, and it's really cool. It's actually one that I wanted since they did it. I always thought it was cool and just never ordered it because I'm always I don't I don't really put them up. Like it's one of those ones where you buy and you frame it. And framing so expensive and stuff that, like, unless I really have a place I want it, I'll just keep it in a poster tube until I'm ready. So I was like, I never really ordered it. And then they had that special. And I'm like, all right, now I'm going to do it. And then, yeah, it it took months to get. And then I ended up never getting that. They were nice enough. They sent two color variants of uh, the replacements poster. And, I mean, it it looks really cool. But, uh, yeah, there's something about replacement shit, apparently. You order it, and it just never gets there. I don't know. I don't know why. You know, uh, but yeah, you know, if you're a replacements fan, definitely go. I haven't even heard it yet, but all I've heard is glowing reviews on the uh, deluxe edition of Please to Meet Me. So, I mean, I'd go grab it. Just don't grab it from Rhino. That's all I'm saying. Buy it. Just don't buy it from Rhino. Buy it anywhere but there, you know. But uh, yeah, that's that's kind of what I've been up to. I've been waiting for that. I tried to enjoy the uh, you know last few good days of weather here. Not even try. I did, I did enjoy them. And, uh, you know, as far as music I've been listening to lately, a lot of uh, a lot of old stuff, but I got I got to say, after me and uh, Kyle's interview for uh, Insomniac two weeks ago, now it, it, I've been listening to a shit ton of Green Day and a lot of specifically Insomniac and Nimrod. Um, I mean, which if you listen to it, I already said it in there where it's like Kyle was was like getting me. It's like, all right, I'm into this. Like, like I think Insomniac is good, but like since that, I've been listening even more and 100. percent it's my favorite Green Day record now. It's my favorite one. It's like I put on Dookie the one day, and I'll be completely honest. And this and look at I the Dookie's still a classic. This isn't like I'm saying fuck Dookie, but I put Dookie on and I got a few songs in and I turned it off and I put Insomniac on Insomniac on instead. True true story. I swear. I'm listening to it and I'm just like I I gotta listen to Insomniac because. One of the things that we touched on, and I won't stay on this. There's a, there's four hours of, of audio of us talking about, it, so I won't stay on this long. But uh, you know, like we talked about, just the production on it's so good that I was listening to Dookie, and I'm like, Insomniac just sounds better. It's the same vibe. It has a lot of that, but it's darker and it sounds better. And uh, I've just been listening to that album a shit ton, and uh, it's very cool. Uh, you know, that, that was celebrating its 25th anniversary the week we released that podcast. And uh, they have since released a, a 25th anniversary edition of the record on vinyl, and uh, they put up they put up I believe it was unseen before I don't think they ever released it, but like a 30 minute documentary from the Insomniac tour. They were touring I forget where it was it was another country. Um, I think they're playing somewhere in Europe maybe, but uh, really cool. There's like some some uh, behind the scenes footage. They interview the band a little. You know I mean it, it's so it's 25 years old too. I mean they're just so young. And uh, it's really cool, too, because they play a couple songs on there that you'd never hear them play. Like me and uh, Kyle were talking about how they never play 86. They play 86 on here. 
And uh, there's a couple other songs off Insomniac that you don't really hear them play that they play on this that they they just put on YouTube. Go uh, find on Green Day's YouTube. And uh, also very cool. I'm I'm tempted to maybe even buy one, but they put up a bunch of Insomniac era merch. Uh, you know, repressed shirts, reprinted shirts on their uh, site, which I mean, vintage, they go on eBay for a lot of money. So, you know, if you've all, if you've ever wanted one of those and you don't mind it not being the original, but not a bootleg either, you know, it's still green day. Um, yeah, they, they just put up like four or five designs and like a hoodie and just a bunch of, a bunch of cool stuff. There, there's a really cool, like ringer tee from the, from an insomniac tour that uh, I really liked. I kind of want that. But, uh, yeah, a couple cool Insomniac things they put up you should go check out if you're a fan of that. You know, I, I love talking to him, you know, just just two buddies bullshitting about a record for four hours. If you haven't heard that yet, you know, go check out that uh, episode. I, I always have fun with him. It's the third time he's been on the show. Definitely won't be the last time. And uh, we always just go so long because it's just two buddies. Like I said, it's just two buddies talking. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, you know, thank, which I have Kyle to thank for that. I told him to pick the Green Day album. He picked Insomniac. I did, it's not like I made him – Cause I didn't make him choose that. Like, obviously we did it. It really just coincided with the anniversary. So that was the other thing. Like he wanted to do that once he loves that record. And he's like, Oh yeah, it'd be kind of cool. Cause it's around the anniversary, but it's like, I wasn't like, Hey man, we got to do this episode. Cause the album is turning 25. You know, he, he could have picked any of them. He, he could have, you know, he was thinking about Dookie and Nimrod as well. So, you know, it, it easily could have been one of those, but I'm really happy when insomniac. Cause he's like, I'm listening to tons of Green Day again now and uh, listening to that album just tons and uh, tons of Nimrod and, uh, you know, a little bit of old school Blink-182 too as well. I've listened to Dude Ranch a couple times lately. That's another one that I go back to, like was not my first Blink-182 record, but, uh, you know, I mean, listening to them now, I mean, I really probably became a fan like 12 or 13, like 13, I'd say. It was when I really got into them. And uh, I'm, I mean, I'm 27 now, and this far in, I I go back to really Dude Ranch. I listen to the most, and probably behind that would be Enema of the State. And I'll listen to Cheshire Cat. I know a lot of people don't like, and I didn't really realize this for a long time. I thought everyone really liked that album, but I mean, I know there's a lot of people who that's they're not into that side of them. Which look at like I'm, they're not the most amazing songs ever written. I realize that I'm not listening to it going. Wow, Benoit Balls is the most profound song I've ever heard. Like, I realize what I'm listening to, but uh, I think it's the spirit of it. And I won't lie, I'm sure it's still nostalgia too. I mean, I'm sure it's from me, you know, getting that album in, uh, you know, the summer between seventh grade and eighth grade. Like, you know, you kind of get that nostalgia and stuff with it too. But, uh, you know, I'll definitely go back to that and listen to that a lot as well. And, uh, I mean, I love everything from Tom era. But uh, yeah, like like these days, I find myself listening a lot more to Dude Ranch than uh, any of their other records. And with Green Day right now, yeah, lots of Insomniac and lots of Nimrod. Um, still listening to tons of X. I've said it on here a couple times now since that uh, decline episode. But uh, just listening to tons of X still. You know, I mean, a band, a band that I said like I casually knew a handful of songs from for years. That now I'm going back, and you know, they've been a band longer than I've been alive. And there's just so much to go back through that it's like, I'm so stoked. Like I keep hearing, like at first I really liked Los Angeles. Now I'm listening. I'm like, oh my God, like wild gift is fucking nuts. Like now I'm really loving that alphabet land, their new record. I mean, I'm not even lying. Like some of their best stuff is on their newest record. Like 40 years in, like some of my favorite songs are on that album. And uh, yeah, so that's another one I'm still listening to tons of. And uh, Funkadelic lately too, Maggot Brain, which uh, I'm fairly new to really this year. I started... 
I've always known Funkadelic and Parliament. Like I, like I know George Clinton and all that, but was never really – George Clinton is kind of like – see, this is the thing. It takes me getting older. It, it, I realize I'm maturing and so are my musical taste because George Clinton was like Tom Waits to me for years where I was like, this shit's too weird. I'm not – I can't get into it. Like I'm not – and I love Tom Waits now. But like Tom Waits up until age like 22 – I could not, I couldn't get into it. I'm like, this is too, it's funny. I'm in, I'm recording this in the WRFA studios and I knew who Tom Waits was, but I remember when I first started, uh, when I was interning here in high school in like 2009, 2010, we had swordfish trombones and I had to rip it into the system. I was putting in like, we'd get CD and obviously that one wasn't new then, but we didn't have it in the system yet. So, uh, one of the guys here was like, Hey, you know, we got to have this, you know, some of these classic albums. And, and actually it's funny enough. Parliament was in there as well too. Um, oh man, Mothership Connection, I think it was. And another one where I just, I listened to one or two songs when I put it in the system and I'm just like, I, I just don't get it. Same with Swordfish Trombones. I'm like, just, it's too, it's whatever. I don't fucking get it. And then as I've gotten older, I mean, I, I, Tom Waits now, I absolutely love Tom Waits. I like the older stuff though. Like, like Swordfish Trombones stuff is okay, but like, I'm more of the closing time, um, you know, just, just that beat stuff, the, the stuff that sounds like it's Bukowski set to music, you know, that, that whole, the whole seventies, early eighties era and, uh, you know, like heart attack and vine, all that stuff I love the most, but, uh, I mean, he's still doing good shit. Mule variations, all, all those records are still really good too. But, uh, you know, I mean, I, I love him now, but like same with George Clinton, there's just so much stuff that now I'm like, Oh, I just, I guess I get it. Like, and another one, Frank Zappa, I still don't. I got to be honest. Like him, Captain Beefheart, there's ones like that that I still are just too out there for me where I'm just like, I don't get it. I don't get the appeal. Like, I just don't. But I feel like every year in my 20s, there's been a band or an artist that, like, I never understood that I just do. A couple years ago, Bruce Springsteen, uh, like the stroke. I remember, like, maybe, like, age 24. Like, age 23, I think I got into Bob Dylan. I'm like, okay, Bob Dylan doesn't suck anymore. Age 24, I'm like, all right, Bruce Spring- Springsteen doesn't suck anymore. Uh, age 25, oh, man, what was age 25? Oh, the strokes, I just said that. Yeah, the strokes. Like, really, like, all these all these artists or bands where I was just like, I didn't really care before or I didn't really like them at all. Like, there was definitely a time where I did not like Bruce Springsteen at all. And, I mean, there's still, like, I don't love everything he's ever done. But, uh, you know, I, I like I like most of his records. I think Nebraska's a masterpiece. That's still my favorite. Bruce Springsteen, as a sad motherfucker, is the best Bruce Springsteen. Like, him depressed with just him and a guitar is the best version of him. Like, by far. Like, and, and you know, that... It's funny because I now realize... Like, I always thought I, kind of thought I was a minority of uh, liking... Not, not liking Nebraska, but, like, thinking it's his best stuff. And then I realized... Nebraska is kind of the album that everyone who doesn't like Springsteen likes. And uh, even though I do like Springsteen now, that's still my favorite record from him. That's still his best. When he's just a sad motherfucker like that. I like emo Bruce Springsteen basically. But uh, yeah, like that's still my favorite stuff. But I I now like him. And uh, I guess for age 27, probably George Clinton. He, uh, you know, just, just the shit. And not, I mean, you know, that that's his band. But, you know, even more specifically, I mean, Eddie Hazel's guitar we're talking Maggot Brain. I mean, that's the the album itself. You got to go listen to Funkadelic's Maggot Brain. That whole record is just goddamn good front to back and uh, just a trip to listen to. So fun. You don't get bored of it at all. You, you do not get bored of it. Like, and that's the thing is like me not, not getting like years ago, not getting Parliament or any of that or Funkadelic. Um, 
you know, now going back, now the things I didn't get before, and I'm like, oh, fuck, this is fun. Like, this is really good. But, uh, you know, just that solo in Mega Brain. And to keep your attention, I don't like 10-minute songs. I don't. I don't listen to many of them. Maggot Brain is one of the few things I'll listen to that's 10 minutes long and not get bored of. It's just, it like, just the way he plays that guitar. Eddie Hazel, talk about underrated guitarists. I mean, that that guy... Just, I mean that 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 song is a is a testament to his guitar playing. I mean, there's there's tons of others, but that is his that that's the one. You know what I mean? Like, that's the one. His legacy is Maggot Brain, and not a not a bad legacy at all. I mean, if you've not if you've not heard that song, if you've not heard that album, go listen to it. Um, I mean, it's a ten minute masterpiece, and uh, I mean, it's so cool too. I recently uh, learned that they've been playing that Saturday nights in Cleveland. For I mean, basically since the song came out, I mean, like forty years now, it, it, it it's been on a couple different stations. Now it's on ninety eight point five. But if you ever find yourself, or you're listening to this in Cleveland, uh, if you find yourself in Cleveland on Saturday nights, it, it, it's such a long song. I think they play it like at eleven fifty on Saturday night into Sunday morning, and uh, that's just so badass. I've never gotten to hear it myself. But I'm so tempted to just drive to fucking Cleveland one Saturday night just to listen to Maggot Brain on my radio. Like, because just shit like that, probably because I do radio, like, I get a kick out of that. But there'd just be something about it. You're just driving through downtown Cleveland listening to Maggot Brain as, as, as Saturday turns into Sunday. There's just something beautiful about that. So, uh, yeah. So that's about what I've been listening to. Lots of X, lots of Funkadelic, and lots of Green Day. And, uh, you know, there, there's been some good music, though, this this month. But I'm going to hold that because next week, I mean, we're already at the end of uh, October. So I'll be doing the October rundown. I'll be talking about all the new music next week. But uh, I'm looking here, too. I mean, I we're an hour in. So, I mean, I feel like this is probably a, uh, a good place to cut on out here. But I've uh, had a ton of fun talking on here. I hope you enjoyed it. Like I said, was going to have Steve Neurotic on. I fucked that up. That was totally my bad. But I would not be surprised. He may maybe he's even the guest uh, in the in the next week or so, and uh, I don't know maybe if we if we do it soon enough I'll I could always throw up uh, our interview and an October rundown next week so I don't know maybe we'll even have two episodes next week for you but uh, either way you got one this week didn't want to leave you hanging for a second week in a row but uh, yeah if you want to follow us online stay connected with the show at Power Chord Hour on uh, Twitter Instagram Facebook we're on YouTube we're on Spotify and I put up playlists every week. Uh, the songs that I play on the radio show as well as a bunch of other playlists. So go find us on Spotify. I did just recently put up a Power Chord Crash Course talking about X, or speaking of X, I just put one up there of uh, 17 songs spanning their career. And uh, it's supposed to be, it's somewhat a greatest hits. And it's also like, if you're not familiar with this band, here's the songs I think you should listen to to get into them. And, uh, you know, and I try not to do those power chord crash course. Like, I don't want to make it just a straight up greatest hits. Like I left a few songs off there actually, like nausea is not on there. Los Angeles isn't on there. And, uh, probably a couple others that would be like quote unquote X classics. And I just kind of took them off. Cause I'm like, eventually if you just put 17 of their hit songs, all I did was make a playlist that is X greatest hits, which already exists, like probably in seven different variations. There's probably seven greatest hits records out there for them. So I try to do it where it's like, okay, here's some of the singles, but here's also just some great album tracks. And, you know, if you're not familiar with the band or you are and you just want a playlist full of X, go check out the Power Chord Crash Course playlist for X up there. And, uh, I mean, I'm just getting into them. And these are the songs that, for me, the last few months I've been like, how did I never hear these before? You know, 
So that is up there. Check out on our Spotify. And if you want to rate interview, you know, the podcast is all over the place now available in India. Once again, shout out to you. If you're listening to this in India, you are fucking awesome. Um, I mean, our, our, uh, our, like our listens, including, like I said, like on older episodes have gone up the last couple of weeks, all, all from India, like shout out to you. Thank you so much for checking it out. I really hope you enjoy it, but drop me a line. I'd love to hear from you. And, uh, you know, and some repeats to it, like shows. And it's like, there are people like with multiple downloads from places. So obviously we're getting repeat people, you know, cause that's, that's the thing that scares you. It's like, is everyone in India just listening to my podcast once going, what is this bullshit? And they all turn it off. Like, I'm happy. There's all these downloads. And it's like, Oh, well, everyone, everyone in India turned it off like 30 seconds in. They're like, we're not listening to this garbage. Thankfully, it doesn't look like that. There's people actually checking out multiple episodes and whatnot. Thank you so much for checking it out. Drop me a line, powercordhour at gmail.com. Like I said, I'd love to send you some guitar picks. And, uh, and that's if you're anywhere. Once again, like I'd love to just hear from you uh, wherever you are. You know, people, people do it from time to time, and I really do. Like I love that. If you're just like, hey, enjoyed the episode, you know, like I, I love hearing from people. So hit me up, powercordhour at gmail.com. And if you want to rate and review us, send me a, a screenshot of that uh, rate and review, and I'll send you a Power Chord Hour T-shirt, absolutely free. I, pre- I should probably get some more stickers made. I've been, I've, like I said, I've been people hitting me up for them, so we'll probably eventually get some made again, uh, sometime very soon. But until then, we do not have them. But whatever, uh, hit me up for the other free shit. And I'll be back next week. Not sure with who, but we'll at least have October rundown. You gotta actually this week. Actually, as I say this, I've all, and as I say actually four times in a row, uh, no, it is not this week. I was about to tell you to check out the Halloween episode of the Power Code Hour radio show, but that is going to be next week. You can still check out the radio show this Friday night and every Friday night. We do it 10 Eastern to midnight right here on 107.9 WFA in Jamestown, New York. If you do not live here, you can stream the station, WFALP.com. Like I said, we got people listening to the Swedish Hour in Sweden. You can listen to the radio station from anywhere in the world. And, uh, I mean, I spend two hours of music on there. Like, this is where I talk about the music, but if you want to hear me really, like, a soundtrack to what I'm playing on here and talk about it more, not just a Spotify playlist, not just some soulless shit. You want to hear me talk about it and, you know, all, all that stuff. Uh, the radio show, you got to check it out. I would love if you did. Uh, you know, that is that is the original love here. That is, that is, our, that is our first love was the radio show doing that, and uh, I, I love doing the podcast now as well. But uh, I do love spinning punk rock and alternative for you on your Friday nights. And uh, still Fiend Club Friday block of music. I'm, I'm playing uh, a block of uh, Misfits uh, for uh, every week in October. And uh, we do three Misfits. Song- we do four Misfits songs, three originals, and one is a cover. Like last week I did No Use for a Name's cover of uh, Hybrid Moments. I, uh, I don't know who I'm going to do a cover of this week. But, uh, you know, I'll do different ones like that. And then uh, the Halloween episode, which won't be this week. It'll be next week. Um, I just play a shit ton of misfits as well as, you know, like AFI misfits, um, definitely some alkaline trio in there. I mean, all, all the punk bands you can think of that you associate with like October and Halloween get played on that Halloween episode. And, uh, I'm going to have to up, up the ante. This is our first year with uh, two hours. And I mean, I've been playing so many misfit songs too, before that, like, you know, there's a couple that I'll probably repeat, like. I don't want to replay everything that I've been playing uh, during the Fiend Club Fridays, but it's like you got to play Where Eagles Dare and We Are 138 and like a couple ones I've already played. I'm like, you got to play those on the Halloween episode. But uh, I'm definitely going to try not to repeat myself on the Halloween one, try to play a bunch of ones that we didn't get to the rest of the month. But, uh, you know, if you're listening as well, email me uh, your request. If there's any Misfit songs you want to hear on there, just songs in general, um, you want to request a song, hit me up. 
But that is going to be the episode for this week. Check back next week for another one. Check out the radio show this Friday night. And until then, for the Power Court Hour, I'm Anthony Merchant. Thanks for listening.